This is Marketing Jam, a show featuring the brightest minds in marketing. Marketing Jam is brought to you by Cyber Impact, the email marketing platform made specifically for Canadian small businesses. Go to cyberimpact.com forward slash jelly, create a free account, and start sending Castle compliant promotional emails in just a few clicks. Here's your host, Darian Kovacs. Well, I want to welcome you to the next episode of Marketing Jam. I'm very excited because we have Mike Morrison here from Mike's Bloggity Blog, amongst many other things that you're going to learn about. And uh, Mike uh, brought a friend with us here today. Why don't you introduce your friend for everyone? Yeah, this is our, hi, hi, Darian, by the way. How are you? Hi, uh, hi Mike. This is our friend, my friend Boogie. Uh, we adopted him about uh, like a couple months ago, five, six weeks ago, I guess. And he's yeah. adjusting to a cold Canadian climate, but he's my, he's my third co-worker. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. And those of you that are uh, listening on audio, um, Michael has a, oh, yeah. a beautiful white dog sitting on his lap for all to see. <laughs> and I actually, in honor of you today, Mike, I, I have my mug, this mug here, my cat mug. Just I for love you. that. Yeah, my second coworker is my cat Mindy. So, uh, yeah. so I appreciate that. Here, I'll just put Boogie down so he can. If you have questions for him later, you just let me know. Perfect. Thank you. So um, to jump right in, Mike, um, I always like to ask, uh, you know, in good Marvel movie fashion, uh, what is what is the, your origin story that brought you to where you are today? Uh, and, and how would you explain what you do? Because I, I don't think I could do it justice explaining like your job title or what you do for a living. So I don't think I could do it well either. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, I started off as a blogger, I guess, like 13 years ago uh, before social media really just writing like bloggers used to do uh the old days you know so just well i had moved from the east coast to calgary like so many people and just decided to start writing and um the blog really feels a bit ground floory so i sort of got I, it it did i mean a lot of it is hard work and sure there's some luck but it really was uh it, it took off a t at a time when a lot of blogs were taking off so i feel very fortunate for that and then um I've been full-time on the blog for five years. This is year five that I've been making a full-time living at it. Uh, and then it's also expanded uh, to do a couple different things. So I run digital marketing conferences here in Calgary and Halifax called Social West and Social East. Uh, that, yeah, and I run... Uh, I have I've, a, I've been to it. I've, yes, I've seen it, it firsthand. I've, yeah. Yes, you've been a jury member for us and you've spoken at it. And um, it's and I also run, uh, I have a guide to biking uh, in Calgary called Calgary by Bike. Uh, and I do I do some speaking here and there. And it's just a bunch of different things. Every I actually just hired my first full-time employee five weeks ago. Uh, that's not Boogie. I got Boogie and my employee the same week. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, it's it's. <laughs> It's been nice to have someone help me organize my thoughts a bit because uh, I think I think a modern entrepreneur career in the digital world is wearing 20 different hats in one day and not sometimes you can plan for what's going to happen that day and other times you look at your calendar and remember you have to do an interview in 10 minutes. So <laughs> yeah. And and you also amongst many things and I'm going to bring some stuff up is is the the freelancers meetups as well, right? Oh, you're you're See, I, I forgot them. Um, yeah, so I also, uh, part of what I try to do is bring together freelancers and entrepreneurs together. Obviously, it's a big, scary world for entrepreneurs. And uh, I think it was you, what's that expression, the rising tide 
raises all ships or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's your philosophy. And you've definitely taught me a lot about that. And so we do, uh, with my friend Kate Cousy, we do freelance parties. So freelance Christmas party. And because we're in Calgary, we do a freelance stampede party. So basically it's an office party for people who don't necessarily have an office. Which is brilliant. Super yeah. fun. Yeah, it's super fun. We have about 100 or so people come uh, each year. And what I like about it, it's, it's super affordable. It's like $20 for drink and food. And there's no selling. Uh, it's not all the same industry people. It's really for people who, uh, you know, uh, are entrepreneurs. And so it's a different kind of networking event because mm -hmm. the thing you have in common is that you're an entrepreneur. Uh, and that's really about it. Uh, so you, you get to talk about that. But then I, I hear all the time from people getting work because they met people there. Uh, last year, we had someone who got laid off and then like, walked over to the freelance party like that was their like they're like oh that sucks wow. i know where i'm gonna go look for work the freelance party and i thought that was pretty cool that's amazing and recently um sometimes you go on the twitter.com and you tweet things and and one of your tweets and one of your hashtags um, picked up some momentum why don't you tell us about that yeah so i use my voice a lot i think for politics uh sometimes sometimes too much maybe sometimes not enough but uh, yeah, so I, I'm certainly not afraid um, to sort of try to balance being a business owner and also making sure that people, uh, you know, are aware of certain things happening in the political world, I guess you could say. So uh, I start here in Alberta. It's always a very uh, interesting province to live in politically. And so I, um, I started a hashtag called not angry AB. Uh, and it was it was based on a politician, you know, sort of trying to say that Albertans are furious, Albertans are angry. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's I've lived here for 13 years and I'm not furious or angry. And so honestly, it's so funny because I mean, in your world, in my world, we could sit around for days, weeks, months trying to plan a hashtag uh, to go viral or do whatever, uh, and, it, it, and it wouldn't. Uh, and this one was just me walking down the street. I don't even like the name hashtag not angry AB, but it explode like it exploded. And it was neat. It was like about a day later. I tweeted it, and the next day, it really took off. Um, I was skiing, and CBC was calling, and I was like, "What? Sorry, what are you calling about?" Like I did. They're like, "There's thousands of people talking about it." I'm like, "Oh, okay, cool. Let's talk about it." Uh, so that that was really interesting to see. And I mean, that's 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 sort of a taste of old social media where things sort of accidentally take off. I really, I really liked it. So, and it gave people a chance. I think social media can be um, a super positive space, but it can also be uh, a place where people feel scared to share their opinions. So it gave people um, a chance to say like, oh, I'm not the only one that thinks X, Y, Z or whatever. And so it was able to gain a lot of momentum from people saying like, okay, like Mike said it, so I'm going to say it. And then if you say, it, I'm going to say it. And it, it turned out to be really positive. I love that mug. It's so good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That's awesome. So tell me about um, your phone. You're a Pixel user. Keeping it real on the Android. Yeah. Pixel 3. I've had Pixel 1, 2, and 3, and now I have the Pixel Book. Uh, what else do I have? Is that it? I have the Google Home, but I'm not a fan of it. I have the Pixel okay. Stand. Yeah. I unplugged the Google Home because I thought it was a bit creepy, but now the Pixel Stand is the exact same thing, but I really like how it charges my phone, so I think I can just this is how they're going to get us, Darian. They just find this little thing. And anyway, yeah. No, I'm a big Pixel guy. I switched when the Pixel 1 came out. I sort of, Apple was getting way too expensive for me. And I hate how their wires fray. Like, it's the stupidest thing. Like, fix it. It's so stupid. Uh, and I don't know, in a way, I wrote a blog post about it back then. But I just felt like Apple was getting a bit too, like, comfortable with, like, oh, we'll just 
create this thing and millions of people will buy it. And millions still do. Like, it's been a very unsuccessful silent protest. And that's, mm-hmm. but, uh, and all I've done was just switch from one multi billion dollar conglomerate for another one. But I, I don't know. I like, I really like Google's branding and I use it. I just switched to G Suite for my company. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's confusing though. I need a little tutorial. It's been hard to okay. switch over. But yeah. Does, does Jelly offer G Suite tutorials? Uh, I don't know if we do tutorials. We do set all of our clients up on G Suite and we do recommend it as the best email software and yeah. uh, tools that go along with it. Okay, I might have to reach out to you soon. Um, on your phone, Mike, what are the apps that you can't live without both professionally and personally? Here's the thing, I'm so boring. You know, when people talk to me about apps, uh, I like, I just, I use the native everything. So like, mm-hmm. I use Twitter, I use Instagram, I use, I don't really yeah. delve too much. I also find, I'll be, it's weird. Um, like there's some apps, there's, what's it, Spark Camera is an app that I just want. I want, it's an Apple app and I just, every week I'm like, come on, come on Android, do it. So like, I love my, I'm just looking right now. There's a lot of food. I order a lot of food. Uh, yeah. I'm a very boring app person. Apps, I don't know. Okay. Apps haven't really worked their way into my life yet. And even my boyfriend, like he doesn't have a single game on his phone. Like we're, I don't know. Like we're, I think we're just obsessed with news. So we're just reading news all the time. I do use Snapseed for photos editing. I know a lot of that's pretty common. I'm a very boring app person. I'm sorry. That question is a, no. is a for you. That's great. No, everyone's different. So what about um, podcasts or e-newsletters that you subscribe to and follow uh, on a daily, if not weekly? Period of the worst. Uh, (laughs) uh, Books? Books that you'd recommend? Magazines, maybe? (laughs) Is there a wizard in it? No. So podcasts. um, So my thing is, is I, inspiration doesn't do well for me. So I don't. Yeah. It doesn't, I'm not inspired. I don't need, I don't need to listen to a podcast to feel inspired or read a book to be inspired. Um, I'm a business person now. Uh, I moved across the country away from my family to be a business person. Uh, and uh, I have a mortgage to pay for. So like all of those are the things that inspire me. And now I have an employee and I have to make sure that her mortgage is paid for. So I don't know, like these, there's always events for, you know, to be inspired to, you know, for entrepreneurs, for businesses, blah, blah, blah. And it it just, it sort of falls flat for me. And that's sort of what the freelance party is about too, is that, you know, so we don't have anything to sell. We don't have, we're just like, it's more that like, you're not alone or like meet people things sort of thing. So um, one of the ones I do listen to is super common is that under the influence, um, which Mm -hmm. is Terry O'Reilly, he spoke at my conference last year. And uh, what I love about it is that it's about, you know, the history of marketing. And I think that's where we can learn so much about marketing is what's worked and what's worked in the past. Um, Not necessarily, like I always say, um, if someone's looking to hire a social media manager, like I would rather hire someone who's been working in marketing for 15 years and I'll teach them how to use social media than necessarily someone who's like, I know what Snapchat is. And like, then you have to teach them marketing because there's two different things. One is one is how you get your message out there and one's the tool to get that message out there. So, yeah, so I love Under the Influence. Um, uh, and I'm talking, God, yeah, I think, and some, I mean, I, I also like um, listening to Anna Ferris's podcast. It has nothing to do with marketing. Yeah. But what I like about it, I don't know if anyone else has taken this away from it, is it's always celebrities just interviewing each other, being chat, chatty, but they've 
she's taught me how to take a compliment because like celebrities are always just very nice to each other and they always just say thank you and they move on they, they don't act coy about it they're not like no don't say that nah. you know like mm-hmm. if someone's like oh you're so beautiful you're so funny you're so talented like not no one says that to me but like if you know to the celebrities uh they just say thank you and they move on like because i feel like if you're like like I'm trying to give you a compliment and they're like, man, then you just, you make like 30 seconds of weird mm. uh, transactions, I guess. Uh, and so I don't know, that's the takeaway I have from on affairs podcast, but yeah, uh, I listen to more music and like I listen to Broadway musicals a lot and mm-hmm. yeah. It's very cool. Very yeah. cool. I sometimes in, in reference to your, uh, the history and, and I do love Terry O'Reilly's under the influence. It's one of my favorites is I sometimes when talking to people about social media, I, I, correlate it to the Gutenberg Press and the fact that the Gutenberg Press made it so that there was, you know, thousands of things reproduced in the world, much like blogs today, right? It's, it's yeah. just a new Gutenberg Press. Yeah, and I think, I think as entrepreneurs, we can get bogged down in like, uh, and I know it's ironic because I sell tickets to events, but like going to events, reading blog posts, yeah. listening to podcasts, blah, 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 and like eventually you just have to do the work. Like you just have to say, no, I'm just going to work on this idea that I have now, or I'm just going to, you know, do X, Y, Z now. Like, and I think, I think maybe that's why I've, I've been saying to myself, like, I've been so focused on that, that maybe I do need to spend more time reading books because maybe the way I've been doing things isn't working as well as it could or something like that. And that's been, you know, bringing on an employee has been such an interesting experiment for me because it's bringing fresh eyes in the company. It really has just been me since day one. So uh, I have a way of doing things, uh, but I'm also uh, humble, I guess, enough to know that just because I'm doing it that way doesn't mean it's the right way to do it. Uh, So uh, yeah, I think, I think when you talk about entrepreneurs or digital marketing strategies or any of those things, you could read a billion books, listen to a billion podcasts and still not uh, until you do it. Um, So I'm just focused on the doing part right now. It's awesome. So I've been to a lot of marketing conferences and I, I, you know, I'm saying this social West is is one of the best events I've been to. And, and what I like about it was that it was in a, you know, it was in a theater. It was, uh, you know, lots of great breaks with the great beverages at these breaks, some really good connection points. And it was almost like you kind of like took all the, um, the pride and the, you know, the show out of the room because it was very like people just having conversations and you've picked speakers that have real practical takeaways. So how have you been able to, t- you know, the temptation to go for the flare and the sizzle and the tinsel, how have you been able to maintain just really pragmatic people speaking at your event. Oh, good. Well, thanks for saying that. Uh, I, Social West for me, I've always been planning a conference that I would spend money on. Um, as entrepreneurs, okay. freelancers, we don't have a ton of money, so we have to choose wisely. Wisely, and so Social West uh, now currently starts at I think it's three ninety nine and goes up to. depending on when you buy sort of thing. Um, And so I have to say, is this event, if I'm asking someone to give me $600, uh, is this event worth it? And I, the ones who plan events that aren't like that, I don't know how they sleep at night. Like I'm so, every time a ticket sale comes in, honestly, I look who bought it. I look where they're coming from. I appreciate it. Uh, But then I'm like, all right, that person is coming from, you know, across the country. Uh, It better be worth coming across the country to. Um, So that's honestly the big thing. I mean, and if you want to really overthink it, like I do, um, if you, if you put on a really, really good event, it makes it easier to sell the event to them next year. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. so if you're going to say, if you're going to look at your budget, you're like, oh, we need to cut things, um, you know, 
I spend the most on marketing, but it's also the one I want to cut the most. Um, so, you know, if I can get more word of mouth, uh, then it's easier to sell. So like this year we had sold over 50% of our conference, um, over 300 and some tickets before we announced a single speaker. Um, and that's word of mouth. So like super grateful for that. So, but the conference itself, it's super focused on education. Like I almost wish there was a different word for a conference because I think people are used to conferences being one thing uh, where, where Social West is, it's two days, uh, um, two theaters, and uh, it's super focused on specific topics. So uh, when someone emails me and say, hey, I want to come speak to your conference about the importance of digital marketing, I'm always like, no, that's what the conference is about. What are you like? That's what mm-hmm. I already know that they've spent $600. They know it's important. They need to learn X, Y, Z. And so mm-hmm. my conference topics and the speakers, and I think I, I work with them quite a bit, like not annoying them, but I just sort of remind them, you know, this isn't a commercial for you. Like the answer to the question you're posing can't be hire me or my company. It has to be, um, it has to be like people can go back to their offices and do it that day. Uh, I think if I had to distinguish myself between conferences um, like mine, like many of them focus on the inspiration element. So you leave the room feeling super excited, um, but then you get back to your computer and like, oh, I actually didn't learn how to do anything different. so that's sort of a, like my goal when I'm planning the speakers. And you do need a few big speakers to draw up excitement. Um, and then you need the, some of the big brands. But then you also just need the practitioners who are just really good at their job. Uh, and I envision them sort of like working like, oh, crap, I have to go speak at Social West. They like run and speak and then they go back to their office. Uh, it's not like they wrote a presentation three years ago mm-hmm. and are just touring the country, giving the same presentation. Um, I'm throwing a bit of shade there. Sorry, I don't know if that's the shady podcast. Uh, but, <laughs> um, yeah, there's all these elements to it too. Like it's, um, we don't do we don't do tiered pricing in terms of like VIP seating or sit closer. Mm-hmm. Like I want, um, you know, like last year we had like nine churches come and uh, CFL teams come, like marketing people from mm-hmm. CFL team. I want those people sitting beside each other. I want them sharing tips and tricks. And uh, of course their budget points aren't the same, but um, budget is a part of marketing. Um, I think the philosophy of why you're marketing. Um, and that's something I've been thinking about more and more lately. Um, you know, if I'm getting asked to speak, it's like, it's hard for me to be like, here's how to do Twitter for your business because it changes every three months. So like, sure, Mm -hmm. I could teach you some tricks, but three months later, you have to start all over again, where if you focus on the why you're doing things or the how or the, uh, the what's, I guess, you know, like really broaden it out a bit that when social media platforms change or evolve, then you still, your principles are the same. So there's a lot of pieces of pie, uh, into, the conference that it's it's all in my head somehow and it, and it works out we're super lucky we uh we have social west in june here in calgary and we just expanded to social east in halifax which is a whole other journey um, i'm from the east coast but not necessarily halifax so planning a conference across the country is a whole new thing and but also it's i got asked a lot why i chose halifax not something like toronto or montreal mm-hmm. um I'm from the East Coast and I want to be, I want to go to cities where people often don't go because they don't think of Halifax and, or they don't think of Calgary. I mean, the fact that the largest digital marketing conference in Cal is in Calgary is amazing because, but it's also, I'm not on purpose, but you can do that now because of the internet. So you don't have to, I love Toronto and Vancouver, but you don't have to go there to be good at digital marketing or 
good at social media. You can live anywhere now. You can live in the Arctic and run a digital marketing agency if you really wanted to. Um, so that's sort of what um, sort of move, moving to East Coast, moving to Halifax is all about. You can live on the ocean um, and uh, live in a great community like Halifax or anywhere in the East Coast and still do what I'm doing, what someone in Vancouver is doing, someone in Toronto is doing. And it's the, I've been saying lately, the internet's the great equalizer. And I don't think we've yet to appreciate that. And one other uh, hat that you wear, Mike, that you uh, didn't mention was that you are also a influencer. Uh, you know, you, people use it, you know, and I, whether you like the term or not, I'm going to just intro that and well, preface it by uh, saying, you, yeah. tell us, you is one of your partners. You can call me an influencer. I can't call myself an influencer. Okay, That's perfect. My okay, there you go. Okay. <laughs> so why don't you tell me your take, like you, you work with TELUS and many other organizations, maybe tell me some of like the, the best parts of being an influencer and maybe some of the things that frustrate you the most about the industry of influencers. Yeah, I mean, influencer marketing, I, I'd say I've been in it from the very beginning in terms of online influencer. I mean, there's always been influencer marketing. We just call it influencer yeah. marketing now. But like when someone in the soap operas in the 40s was holding mm -hmm. a box of soap, that's influencer marketing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, so I've been doing it, I guess it's been contributing to my salary for 10 years or so. Uh, and it peaks and valleys. Some months mm -hmm. I have lots of jobs, some months I don't. Uh, some months I, I'm like, okay, that's done. Snapchat's going to wipe me out. And then mm -hmm. I sort of persevere. Now it feels like Instagram is, but as Instagram sort of gets, as people realize all the things people have done to mislead their Instagram audiences, um, it's sort of, it's sort of been nice to be sort of this consistent voice. You know, like I've had clients be like, hey, we're just going to go focus on Instagram now for a while. And I have an okay Instagram audience, but it's the last one that I sell. Like it's my last one. Like I just have fun on it. It's my, and I'll do sponsored posts on it. But I, I like to think I have way more control of my Instagram than commercializing it. Um, and so, uh, but so companies will leave to be like, oh, we're just going to work on Instagram influencers. And I'm like, okay. And then like six months later, they're like, hey, you still around? I'm like, yeah, I'm still here. Like doing my thing, the blog, the Facebook, the Twitter, the Instagram. Because I think that's way more impactful than just one Instagram post. But um, yeah, it's the the good things is, is when it, um, when a company sort of says to you, hey, we have this key message, let's develop it together. I find so much mark, so much, by the time the pitch gets to the influencer, um, it can be so far removed from anything I would ever talk about that it's like, well, why wouldn't you bring me in in the beginning? Like bring me in at the very beginning of the discussion. Uh, what happens, I think, and you would know a bit more because you're on the agency side, but agencies mm -hmm. um, and work with a brand, develop this whole campaign, and then when it's finally done, they say, okay, now let's reach out to the influencers. Mm -hmm. And you're like, but why didn't you bring me in earlier and I can help you because like, you might think you know what my audience is, but I 100% know what my audience is. Mm -hmm. And I might be in your mind as you're developing this program, but like you also don't know the other things that I'm working on. So it's like, oh, I'm actually doing this in June, so it ties in great with this in July, and then it can work, you know, like, so I, I wish, I wish they would bring the influencers and the content creators in sooner than they do. Um, it gets so hard by the time that it's done to maneuver the message mm -hmm. in any way that they're just like, can you just say this? And you're like, no, I can't because it's not going to be effective. Like if I say X, Y, Z is great and it, I haven't had time to like warm up my audience to this idea or things like that, you know, because uh, I'm not like, if you follow Mike Sloggity, you know, 10 things that I love, you know, my, my pets uh, traveling, my, that I bike everywhere. Um, 
tech stuff. I love, you know, things like that. You so I have my identity. And so if you approach me with this thing, I have, you have to trust me that I'm going to figure out a way to incorporate that thing into my message so that it actually works. Cause the whole point of this is that it works because you're going to ask me for the results. And if they're not good, you're going to get mad at me. So it's, it's, it, it can cause a lot of stress. And like, I have good case. I've sometimes I've things that work and I'm like, okay, let's do it. Let's keep thinking about influencer marketing. And then other times I'm like, no, that's the last time I ever do influencer marketing. It's too painful. Um, it's too frustrating. But like I did one recently uh, with a company called Job Jar, uh, which is like you post a handyman job and handyman pitch on it or handy persons, skilled doers, they call it. Uh, uh, so, uh, so they pitch it. And so I'd been thinking about this idea in my head for years of what I want to do in my home office was turn it into like this cat cafe. So built, use Ikea boxes. So I was able to use that sponsored post to build this cat cafe, but it just worked on so many angles. Cause like mm. people know I'm not handy. So there's lots of people like me. And that's the thing with influencer marketing is, um, and then you get into micro influencer marketing, like, if you want an influencer to be successful, they can't speak to everybody. So like I have to speak to a certain amount of people and there are, there are people like me who have four screwdrivers and a wicker box under their bed and that's their only tools. So, uh, and I don't have, I have no interest in learning what a stud finder is. I have no idea. It's like dry. I'm doing other things. So pitching something like, um, Hey, who wants to help me build a cat cafe or hang up pictures in my house, things like that. That, I mean, it might sound silly to some people, but there's thousands of us like that. So to to show that story, uh, it really resonated with people like, oh my God, I've been meaning to do this thing forever. I'm just going to hire JobJar to do it. But also incorporating the cats, you know, the pets are always viral, uh, incorporating Ikea. It wasn't sponsored by Ikea, but, you know, um, you know, I shared it with them, let them know that I was doing it. Uh, you know, there's so many different facets to it that there was lots of reasons for people to share it. That's another thing. Any blogger, influencer, whatever will tell you that the, the most successful posts are the ones that people were able to share. And I think a lot of influencer campaigns that come across my desk aren't very shareable. Like, why would I share that? Why would someone, you know, if it's like a product one, um, but I did one for the Calgary airport over the holidays and it was like 10 things you might not, as you get ready for the holidays, here's 10 things you might not know. So like that there's a storage room you can rent out for your winter clothes if you're going somewhere warm. So like you don't, you have to bring your winter stuff with you or that there's dog patios past the turf gate. So you can, if you have your dogs, you know, things like that. And it did so, so well because it actually had useful information that, um, that people could, you know, hey dad, we, we can bring our dog, we're gonna do this, 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 or mm-hmm. I didn't know the winter coats, or in Calgary we have a white hat ceremony and that's um, sort of like welcoming someone to Calgary. And it's, uh, there's a whole pitch to it and you get a hat, but like people didn't know that you can request one so that when your friend gets off the plane, there's a white hat volunteer there and like does the whole ceremony and like surprises them. And it's, you just have to buy the hat. It's free. Like that's super cool. The next time my parents come to town, I'm totally going to do that just to mostly to embarrass them. Uh, but yeah. like, yeah, it's just neat. Like there, anyway, so I think I, yeah, I think that um, bringing in influencers earlier, trusting us a bit, the ones where people trust me are always way more successful than like, but we've had, 30, 300 hours of meetings of this and we think this is going to work. And you're like, cool. I've been doing this for 10 years. I know what's going to work. Because um, the end game is that we're all successful. So it's that your client, your brand is happy. 
your boss is happy and that my audience is happy and then I get money in my bank account. So I'm happy, you know, like those are, there's ways of all of us being happy. We just have to like cooperate a bit more. Michael, yep. I need to ask, um, when you're given something like as a gift, like from a brand versus given something and then paid money, I'm just curious about your thoughts, just in light of Fire Festival and the whole disclosure and FDC, does yeah. an influencer blogger need to disclose on both cases? Like one where he or she is paid and one where he or she is given a gift? Or what do you call those gifts? You technically have to always disclose uh, by the Canadian Advertising Standards Council. There's a document. Um, any type of, um, anytime you're given something, that document isn't great. Um, even though it's new, there's a lot of loopholes and a lot of problems with it but it gives you a base. It gives you a start. Um, I don't, I mean, I'm an old man when it comes to this stuff. Like my, I, I'm a traditional, like I have an audience cause I just grew it the organic way on social media. And so I don't mind telling them I got something for free or I was gifted something. Um, because it's not necessarily my business model to get stuff, you know? So it's not like, I'm not trying to disillusion anyone. I'm not trying to make them think I'm famous or rich or anything like that. So, um, so like press trips, I always say press trips, you know, like, Hey, I'm here for a press trip. But one of the things I try to do is like, um, I don't ever want really want to stay. I mean, I want to stay in the nicest suite, but like, mm -hmm. that's not authentic to the people. If I think of who my audience is, no one is going to spend six, $700 on a hotel. Cause I stayed there. So I don't want to, there I mean again I want to stay there but if, if it's going to be telling the story of the of whatever you know you should go to the mountains this weekend or whatever it has mm -hmm. to be a bit more real like when I see those press trips where it's like the five best places to uh, stay in Mexico and it's like well those aren't the five best places those are the five best places that hosted you uh, you know so uh, I I guess I look at it I'm a bit more cynical about it um, so but also creatively like bloggers and influencers I think the reason they don't share their what's been given to them or is because they think their audience won't care. But like, I care more that my audience would think that I'm lying to them. Like mm -hmm. it's very, I, I, it's part of the game. So if you're on Instagram and I post something, that's fine. Or you post something and it's sponsored. I don't care. Like, but I, as a creative person, I see it as a fun challenge. So like, I have to get you to like this chocolate bar. Mm -hmm. um, so, and you don't want to like this chocolate bar. So, because it's an ad. So I want to, I think it's sort of fun to try to come up with creative ways um, mm -hmm. as opposed to, because I mean, people watching, I'm no supermodel. I'm just a very normal person. So like, I, I can't rely on my looks. I'm not a, an amazing photographer. I'm just a normal person. But I think there's way more normal people than the type of person that is being portrayed on Instagram. And if I think of people that I want to, you know, if they choose to follow me and they're going to stick around, they're going to be, you know, they're going to see my evolution of my life, not just this one look that I keep presenting them, this one idea of who I am. Um, so, yeah, so always disclose and then just take it as a challenge. Like take it as like, okay, I lost them because I told them it's disclosure. I, I mean, maybe you lost them, but how do you get them back? And I, mm. I think it's try to, it's sort of fun to try to think about how to do that in 260 characters. There's a lot of the whole story roller coaster in one Instagram post or one tweet or one Facebook post. But there's, I mean, if anyone wants to take it from me, I mean, I've been doing this for a very long time. 
uh, and my business is only growing and I've been doing sponsored posts for a very long time and I've always disclosed and it's fine. Like, no, my audience really doesn't care. They really are used to it. Um, cause we're all doing it. It's way we make a living. Um, but I think you start losing that audience. If you start talking about things that aren't real to you, uh, that aren't authentic to you, um, so like I'm definitely not a foodie. I, I, go, I go to very few food events. If I go to a restaurant opening, uh, I'm telling the story of the restaurant itself. So like, hey, this place is gluten-free or it's made in Alberta or it's uh, a chef that went through a hard time and is now doing this or whatever. Like it's not, I'm never like, oh my God, this foie gras dipped in blah. Like I, I can't even, if I wanted to make up a sentence right now for you, Darian, as an example, I couldn't. Like I, I just love food unabashedly. Um, so knowing that I'm not a foodie, but like when I see, when I see a fashion blogger at a food event or a food writer at a fashion, like, I don't get it. Like, I'm just like, what, what's happening there? Like if you, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> and what would you say the best from like a brand or an agency, the best pitch you've ever been given as far as like, what did it look like? What do you suggest for others? Well, the thing that I remember the most, um, was there was a campaign with Ford and I'm very lucky I got to do some trips with Ford and GMC and Chevy and a whole bunch of different ones. Uh, but there was this truck coming across the country and there was like different bloggers using it the whole way. And it was, and I said yes to it cause it was a cool opportunity. And I like, you know, Ford as a company and stuff like that. But the second I said, yes, I was picturing this truck coming and I was like, Oh my God, I'm not a truck person. They're going to get like, I'm going to get destroyed on social media for being inauthentic. And, and it, it's never against trucks. It's just, I'm the downtown Calgary bike walking guy. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's like, it just doesn't fit with my personality at all. And um, I don't think a lot of people who are like, yeah, trucks are following me. So like, anyway, so I went to the car dealership when it was my turn to pick it up. And for my leg only, they had switched it to an electric car. Uh, oh, and nice. I thought it was so, I was like, I was like, so smart because it just that's such an easier story to tell and I didn't tell them that it was like them just anticipating you know that you know Mike in a truck doesn't necessarily fit um, and so getting there and having an electric car uh, then being able to answer people's questions about electric cars and mm -hmm. it was lime green so it was really fun to take photos with in the prairies and um, that to me was just a really solid one like it just lined up really nicely and and then I mean I did a truck one a few months, a few years later, just recently, at a, I drove, I drove around the Arctic Ocean a bit uh, to Tuk Tuk Tuk, and a few people were like, "You're not a truck guy." I'm like, "How else do you get to the Arctic Ocean?" Like I'm like, you know, like I was like, it fits my brand because it's the only way to get to the Arctic Ocean. So it's not like I got a bike up there or Uber up there or things like that. So having a bit of fun with it. Um, one of the things too, I think, is when people say like say things like that, like write them back, like give them some context to, if you made a decision that people are questioning, write, write them back and say like, hey, this is why I did it. Like, or like, you know, send me a note if you more questions, but like this brand is super cool or they do They, you know, donated money to charity for things like that. So I wanted to help them out, like things like that. The other thing too, is I've been, I just did a LinkedIn post about it this week. Um, I was at, I was at a doggy spa this weekend and they said like, oh, thanks for always saying nice stuff about us uh, without us paying you. And I've had a few businesses say that to me recently, because uh, almost every day on my, one of my social media channels, I'm posting about a business, um, a cool thing I found, whatever. Uh, and um, what's happening now are 
supposed influencers. And again, if you say you're, I always say, if you say, if you have to say you're an influencer, you're not an influencer. Uh, so it's a marketing term put upon people like us who are paid for our influence, but to go around and be like, I have influence. That's a very weird thing to say, um, like to believe and think that you do and also believe and think that people want to know that. Uh, so, uh, you know, they say biz- people are walking in and being like, hey, your store is really cool. Your restaurant's really cool. Uh, I'll say that I like it on Instagram for $50. And like you're approaching these small businesses who are just trying to get by. Um, you believe that you have an audience that cares about what you say. So why don't you just want to post about that cool business? Like that should be your your number one goal should be creating content for an audience that you care about and that cares about you the money of course um is great and helps with stuff like that but like also is 50 dollars helping with anything like you're just like that's a lot of work if you're running walking around a neighborhood trying to get 50 dollars here and there and then the third piece to that i think that's three is that do you think your audience just wants to see ads every day like they want to know you they want to know what clothes you like what where you like shopping, where you like traveling, wherever, they don't want to just know where you're being sent or where you're being paid to go. Like that's not, it's not going to last. And so I think like if you want to do that for a year or two, you'll get stuff fine. Great. Do your thing. But if you're in it for the long haul, if you're actually interested in content creation as a career or profession or whatever, uh, I think um, the best way to do it is just, it's authentic. It's such a buzzword, but it, is even that sentence is a buzzword but like it is like people know who i am they know what i've been doing they know what i'm about even the politics side of it so many times they're like oh i don't want to say anything but like good for you and i'm like why don't you want to say anything like influencer marketing and content creation is about being who you are and so if you um care about something like who cares if it's controversial like if you if that's who you are, that's who you are. I don't want to hide any part of me. And even last, I had someone on Facebook yesterday because I said a few weeks ago, I said, hey, we have an election coming up here in Alberta. Uh, I'm not going to like spam you with my Facebook, but I am going to use this because I've generally left my my professional Facebook politics free um, unless it involved like me personally. Um, but I said, hey, like these are important times, so I'm going to use this. And like if you want to click on follow, I totally respect it. Uh, no hard feelings, blah, blah, blah. And everyone was fine. Everyone was very nice. And then yesterday, someone was like, hey, too many political posts for me. I'm out. I'm like, totally understand. I was like, hope you change your mind because I think I'm saying important things, but like grow your own garden sort of thing. Like, so, you know, and that's okay. Like it's, it's being yourself is, is what's gonna, is what this whole industry is about. So that's about showing your real self, not spending, uh, not building a brand based on replicating what someone else or what thousands of other people are doing because there's thousands of other people doing it. And there's that movie, um, that American me movie on Netflix that follows people who are making a living at this. And I mean, I'm by no means getting paid what Paris Hilton is getting paid or anything like that. But, uh, there's a question in it. Like if, if all of your followers went away tomorrow, would you be okay? And I know that I would be okay. I really would be okay. Um, it's, you know, my career is ver- uh, varied enough. Um, I've screwed up enough that people have forgiven me. You know, I've, you know, I've done nothing but share who I am. Um, so I, oh my gosh, just thinking about it. I think that would almost be fun to like try to grow a following. <laughs> That's my problem, I guess. Um, no, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting time in that world for sure. Mm-hmm. 
So any closing uh, advice, ideas that you want to give any like CMOs, marketing directors who are listening to the show right now, brand directors? I mean, uh, a few of my few of my friends who have similar roles in that, um, the ones you just listed, have been reaching out to anyone that could be labeled as an influencer in the cities, um, and they've been taking them up for coffee, and they've been building profiles and being like, hey, who are you? What do you like? What are you? And then, I mean, one, they're trying to get a sense of if that person's real, if their audience is real, if they want to align their brand with them, things like that. But also, um, you know, um, you don't have to pitch the same people all the time. If the same 20 influencers show up at every restaurant, it's not effective. It's not impactful. Um, I'm super interested in this world of influencer, uh, micro influencers. So it's choosing different people. Uh, when I went on the Chevy trip to, uh, to Tuktuk in the Arctic, um, I was the only sort of traditional online media person there, which is so interesting because I used to be the only online media in a room full of traditional media. And now I'm like the only online media in a room full of like, so there was a guy that owns a clothing brand. There was a, some photographers, some skiers, some, a woodworker with a, you know, big following because he uses his truck for wood. You know, he, he has like a hundred thousand Instagram followers and it wasn't, it wasn't influencers. I was the only one there that could be like deemed that traditional thing. And I was like, the press trips are always great, but I, at that one in particular, I was like, obsessed with sitting down with the marketing team and being like, who, how did you find these people? Like, this is so cool. Like I just found it really exciting. And, um, I've been thinking about posting, I guess I'll just say it, but I've been thinking about posting, like I challenge, um, you know, PR companies or agencies to the, like delete their influencer marketing list and find new people. And like, maybe that wipes me out. Maybe I lose money or maybe it renews your faith in me. And you're like, Oh no, we did like working with Mike or whatever. Like, let's work with them more, let's narrow down, you know, but like, it's, I feel like the list has been the same for a long time. And the only new growth is the same type of person. Um, so like erase it. And like, is there a, a, a cool person that owns a record store, an independent record store? That's your influencer for a music festival. That person has way more influence than I do over a music festival. Or um, if you have a vegan product coming, um, like, pitch me if you want. I'm, I'm interested in veganism, but like my, my following isn't vegan. So like find a vegan who has 200 followers. They have way more impact than someone like me with, you know, whatever I have on Instagram. I don't even know what I have on Instagram. That's terrible. I'm a terrible influencer. Uh, so, uh, they, you know, like it's, um, it's, it's, I hope they, I hope they change it up. You don't have to, you don't have to do what's been done and it's changing so quickly, but like also, also I'd say lastly, sorry, um, like to those people that work in those companies, look at what they're clicking on, look at what they're being influenced by. Um, we tend to separate, we're like, we try, we tend to think this audience is this like group out there that is just going to do whatever they're going to do, but we forget that we're also that audience. So like when you're on the bus on your way home, when you're stuck in traffic or you're sitting in front of the TV on your phone, like what, what's influencing you? What's working? What's not working? And I guarantee that what's working is the ones that feels like they're talking directly to you or something relatable, something personable, um, and find those people that are doing that. But it doesn't have to be people who identify themselves as online media, uh, change time. Now it's time to change the game up. And I, Chevy was the first one I saw that did it. And I just think it's the coolest thing. And I'm super excited to see other people do it as well. That's awesome. Well, everyone, this is Mike Morrison. 
uh, Mike's bloggity blog, Social West, Social East, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> uh, but Mike, you, you truly are a visionary. You see things uh, and not only are you a visionary, but you actually get stuff done. And, and it's one of my favorite things about every time I'm in Calgary and seeing you is that you encourage me, you motivate me, and you are a generous, generous person. So I appreciate the, the spirit in which you live and the spirit in which you help others. And you always challenge the status quo, which I like. Like you actually want, you're willing to sacrifice for the better good, which I think other people are so busy chasing something that I love that you actually take a moment to pause and question to say, okay, what's actually going to help people around me? So I really respect that about you and admire you in a lot of ways. So it's been Thank a gift you. having you on the show. Can um, I compliment you this- for a second? Can I? So <laughs> for your listeners, how you and I met because I announced Social West and like within like four hours, you're like, hi, my name's Darian. Let's meet. And I was like, I, I have an inheritance for you. I am a prince from Nigeria. No, you got that email and you were... I was like, why is this person I don't know being nice to me? And that shouldn't be shocking that like I shouldn't be shocked that someone's nice. But I was. And like since then, like I really do think a lot like what would Darian do or what would like what would he say if I did this and things like that. And I just think you are also setting a standard and anyone that like is interested in marketing or, you know, speaking or anything like that really just keep following you because I, I do and I just think everything you do is super awesome. It's fun. I mean, well, thanks for responding to that email. You could have just ignored it and thought, who is this weirdo no, from... I think you, I mean, I, you've been so generous with everything. I, I don't know, I really don't know if it, the events would be as successful as if you hadn't sent that email. So I thank you so oh. much. No, it's been, it's been fun, man. So appreciate you coming here. I know you're in Calgary and we're in BC. So that, thank you, Skype, for being what you are and thank thanks, you for guys. joining us. On uh, those that are watching, uh, I'm glad that we also got to meet your uh, your dog, which is so special. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone, for joining us, and we'll see you next time on The Marketing Jam. Thanks for listening to Marketing Jam. If you enjoyed the show, head over to our YouTube or Facebook and give us a thumbs up and visit iTunes to leave a rating and review. Thanks again, and see you next time. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.